The Courageous Coaching Podcast is hosted by Sophia Antoine, a certified life coach supporting women in their efforts to improve their self-esteem. Today, we're talking about life, relationships, and everything in between. Take it away, Sophia. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Courageous Coaching Podcast. I appreciate you greatly. Today, I have with us the awesome, the stupendous, my friend from a long time, um, Rachelle Solomon. She is an author, and she is um, a woman after my own heart because she talks about money. Money because, and she teaches little people money because we need to have financial issues spoken about early in life. But instead of me telling you about her, I'm going to allow Rachel to introduce herself because she can tell you much better than I can. So again, welcome and, you know, take it away, Rachel. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, first of all. Uh, yes. So my name is Rachel Solomon and I am an author, as she said, and a speaker. And now I call myself a financial teacher because I focus on teaching kids financial literacy. I actually started this journey personally because I was in over $400,000 in debt and I was frustrated and I didn't have much of an income and I spent a lot of time crying and going back and forth with collectors. So at that point, about five years ago, I decided that my kids was not going to have the same financial struggles that I was having. I felt like my struggles was mostly because of a lack of not knowing, not because of a lack of income, because at that moment I didn't have much income. But for many years before I had been making a really great salary, I just wasn't doing the right things with my money. Mm. So I started telling my kids stories about money and writing uh, money books for kids. And so that's how I ended up getting into this industry. But when I started, it was solely just a personal goal for my family and for my household. And then it just kind of spread into a business and a journey for, for me to go on to teach everyone's kids. <laughs> so that's how I started um, the My Little Banker book series. And that's how I ended up meeting Shannon and got, ended up getting on the project, The Smell of Poverty. So that was the beginning of the process for me. Awesome. So thank you for bringing that up because you are on the anthology, The Smell of Poverty. Um, we've spoken to many speakers from, from that, that project, and I just thought it was so fitting that you were on there because I remember when we, we first met, you were um, adamant about just teaching about financial literacy to children. And I, I know you have children yourself and I didn't know this backstory about you being in so much debt. And that's amazing. Now I, I just have even more love for your story. So when you talk to children about money, yes, where do you start? I mean, how do they understand it? Okay, so for me, I always start where they are. So um, that is one that is level of understanding, and then two, that is also their age, because a teenager might have their own conceptions of money that a five or six-year-old might not have yet. Right. So 
What I do first is I usually start by asking some basic questions, um, not financial literacy questions, but more like, you know, where does money come from? Just because for when it comes to money, it's more about a uh, personal perception. So you can ask a five-year-old where money comes from, and they might say money comes from my mom or dad. And then you can ask a 16-year-old where money comes from, and they might say my mom or dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, <laughs> because nobody ever really truly taught them that money actually comes from a process of work, either entrepreneurship work or you go to someone else's job and clock in. You know what I mean? So there's a disconnect when it comes to kids. So I usually just start off with some simple questions like, you know, what is money? Because you can ask older and younger kids these questions. And, you know, when you feel, you might feel ridiculous asking a 16-year-old or a 10-year-old what is money until you hear their response. And then you might be like, oh, wow, maybe I'm glad I did ask that question. Because some of them might even say, I don't know, or a way to buy the stuff I want to buy. You know what I mean? They don't understand that it's an opportunity for trade. You know what I mean? So really money is an agreement to trade. You tell me the value you want for this item and I give you that amount of money and then you give me the item I want. So money is really a choice. It it gives you choices to buy the things that you want to buy. So yeah, um, that's how I start. So I start with simple questions. You know, what is money? Then where does it come from? How do you get it? You know, and you can ask these questions at your kids at any age and then see their answers. And then from their answers, how, you know, um, ridiculous or right on point the answers are, then you know where to start uh, teaching. So that's how I started the process. Um, Now I, you know, I, of course I read books, my books, they all have just one money lesson in them. Mm -hmm. And then as as the kids learn that one lesson, I, I ask them questions related to that lesson. Okay. So a lesson might be earning. So I might ask them one question about earning. You know, what does it look like to earn? What does it mean to earn? Um, you know, give me examples of things you can do to earn money right now, that kind of stuff. And, you know, so it just depends on the their answers to the first questions. Got you. Now, how does this relate, your, your Little Banker series and The Smell of Poverty, how do those two come together? What attracted you to the project? Okay, so I felt like The Smell of Poverty uh, was a very attractive project for me because although, you know, everybody in the book had their different backgrounds and how they grew up. Some people actually were poor as kids. Some people, you know, um, felt it as adults. And I always say, you know, unlike some of the other authors, I didn't grow up poor per se. We were middle class. However, no one ever taught me um, how to manage money as a kid. So when I became an adult, I made great money and I didn't know and I didn't know what to do with it. So I talk about in the book, I talk about the decisions I made as a kid and and as a teenager and as a 20-year-old and as a 30-year-old and how it affected me financially at you know at the um at the end of my story. So not the end, but you know where I am now. So how all those things, those choices I made because I didn't know better choices. Um 
you know, how they affected me. And so then it kind of ties into my, you know, you should start teaching your kids at a young age about money. And this is why. But when I started writing the story, it would just seemed like a really good project. I had never really truly looked at my story from, you know, as an adult, like I never considered, I'm not one of those people who have a book about me out there in the world somewhere. So to do the story actually became very emotional for me. And there's a couple of times when I cried <laughs> while I was writing this story because I was like, oh my God, I went through so much. And, and you just forget how, how great you are sometimes. Exactly. And, and how much life you have to live sometimes, you know, there's hardships and stuff. So, yeah, that's how I ended up, you know, the project just, it was a money topic and it was talking about something that I was passionate about and it just, you know, seemed like a perfect project. And it is, it has been really, it gave me opportunity to reflect back on my life so far. Okay. So it sounds like it started off as a project that appealed to you because it's in your, in your realm or your scope of practice but then it turned into somewhat of a healing journey. Is that safe to say? Yes, yes. It actually did give me a little courage, honestly, because when I, I wrote those first like 700 words without any thought at all, I'm just like, this happened and then that happened and then that happened. But <laughs> you know what I mean? So it just all kind of came out. But when I went back and read it, I was like, wow. I had to overcome a lot. And then I had like a little breakdown of, wow, you're, you know, I was impressed by myself because mm -hmm. a lot of us aren't, we don't take heed to what we've done and how much, you know, courage we have to show in life and how strong we really are. And so then after I had that little, you know, uh, and get in tune with myself, breakdown moment, whatever you want to call it. Then I was like, okay, so how do I end such a, a powerful, impactful story? You know, so then I figured out how to end it. So, yeah. But, yeah, you're right. It did. It was. <laughs> so, you should, <laughs> because uh, it reminds me, when you say that, it reminds me of that meme that I see floating around. I don't even know if it's a meme or a quote or whatever it is. People do all sorts of stuff with the pictures on the Internet, but it's, you never know how strong you are until you have to be strong. And it's like, it comes full circle. We don't give ourselves credit for the, the wins we do every single day. So for some people, just getting through a day is a win. And it seems to me, you said coming from $400,000 in debt, that's a win from getting, you know, there to here. I don't know what, what it looks like now, but it seems like that's a win. Do you give yourself, now that you you've you know put the project to bed do you kind of give yourself more credit for what you've been through oh yeah um i do because you know um starting off i i wrote the books the, the children's books as kind of like a secret you know like i didn't want to be the face of the product per se you know what i mean yeah. i didn't i just wanted people to see these cool books and buy them and and you know use them as a tool for their family but now i find myself telling my story right uh, and so i'm like yeah i started off with you know four hundred thousand dollars in debt and now i'm down to my last forty thousand and it's only been four years and Amazing. you know and i and 
people are like, wow, I want to know more about you and what do you do? And you know what I mean? So now I give myself credit and honestly writing, writing the story, writing my story actually helped me a little bit because even though it didn't take very long to write the story, um, reflecting back on it, it makes me want to write the whole story because you know like when somebody tells you well you only have a thousand you can only write a thousand words <laughs> or you can only write you can only write 1200 words you're like huh okay and at the time when those are just numbers that sounds like a lot and then when you look up and you've written 15,000 and you know I mean 1500 words and you're like oh wait I wrote way too much so then you realize that there's more story in you and there's you know, and you didn't, then you feel like you didn't tell the whole story. So now you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, I need to do more. I need to do more. So it's led me to believe that I need to do more because, you know, as women or as people, your financial journey is only one journey of your entire life. And it does impact a lot of different parts of your life. Like my parents, you know, they were middle class, but there there wasn't a, we don't have enough, but they did have that, we are at our limit mentality. So you kind of could feel the squeeze, you know what I mean? Yes. When, when you, can't, you can't quite get everything you want because you know you don't have enough. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> So with that being said, I only I only started off with one kid and I only had it. I only had my one kid when I was in my 30s because I was like, well, by now my financial situation, you know, is way better than it was, you know, when my parents started in their young 20s having kids. I was like, I don't want to be like them because they didn't have enough, you know. <laughs> so so it's stuff like that. Your financial story does impact your, you know, your whole scope of life. But that's not your only story. Your you know, you might be a strong mother or you might be a, a great wife or, you know, you have other parts of you that can be reflected in other stories. So. Exactly. And just while we were sitting here, it's, I'm, I'm taking notes as you're speaking and I wrote down 400,000 to 40,000 in four years. So yes. that, that's amazing. Thank you. You are down to like your last 10% of where you started. Yes. You are to be commended. So if if you haven't told yourself, I'm going to tell you, girl, you are the shiznit. <laughs> I'm thank just you. saying. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> you are welcome. I mean, because we, and that's part of the reason for the existence of this podcast, because it's easy to just go about your day and not talk about what you do every day because you're in you're on autopilot and you don't realize how friggin' awesome you truly are so to have you say it and then me say it back to you like i am in awe of you because i probably would just be down to three thousand three hundred thousand if then because <laughs> i'm just saying wow but you have done it and i mean this little bit i'm sure you can get it done quickly and just be rid of it and live debt free. So that's, that's amazing. And maybe send and send your children off to school debt free. Right. Right. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So on top of being a mother and being an author, what do you do for yourself in regards to self care? Because it wasn't easy to work off this debt. It's not easy to be a mother. Um, What do you do for yourself? 
Um, so what I do for myself may not be applicable for everybody, but I take um, small vacations. So I have a, for a family, a really good family, and we have also some family friends. So we usually do a trip of like three to four women, and we just go somewhere. And it's, you know, it doesn't have to be expensive. You know, we go away for like three days, and we relax. There's no kids. There's no husbands. You know what I mean? Right. And sometimes yeah, necessary. Right, right. And sometimes we go like uh, I'll give you an example. We live close to um, the mountains, so we might rent a cabin, and we don't even go nowhere. We just you know watch movies and drink a little wine. If you drink a little wine, you know, put your feet up, and we just laugh and have a good time for two days, and then come back home, and you're relaxed and you're refreshed, and and then I'm ready to conquer the world again. So <laughs> I try to do one of those like once every three months or so. But just on a regular day-to-day, I, I might check out for a little while. So I might just leave the house and be and be like, I'm going to go somewhere. And I'll just go somewhere alone and, you know, get a cup of coffee or get a cup of hot tea. I'll just sit there with no no phone, no computer, you know, nobody needing me. And I'll just let the time go by for a little while. Okay, and that's necessary. And it, and it may not sound like that relates to the smell of poverty, but it does because you have to start somewhere. So I'm glad yeah. that you, you broke it down into, sometimes I go away with my girlfriends, but on a day-to-day, what I do is I go have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea because you need those small things in order to build up to the bigger things. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I totally agree. And some people think this one's weird, but every once in a while, I take myself to a movie. <laughs> and that's okay. That's totally okay because I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with movies. I like going out to eat by myself because mm. you have, you will never get to know yourself unless you spend time with yourself. Right. Right. So right. that that's amazing to me. So I'm glad because. And like I said, it, it may not seem like it relates to the, the topic of the book, but it does because you have to value yourself enough to know where you are so you'll know where you're going. Right. And th- I mean, don't get me wrong. It kind of does relate to the story because when I was getting out of the debt, I couldn't take the lavish trips. You know what I mean? And I couldn't do all that. So for me, a vacation really was just a checkout. It was just me going to a movie and I would have to put you know one movie a month in my budget or it really was me just getting a cup of coffee and going to the park and sitting on the park bench and listening to the trees and the birds and just relaxing for a minute and not you know being in my space of my daily routine so you know whatever is okay for your budget whatever you can afford you know what I mean? And then you just put you put those trips on your on your uh, list of to do's for the future. Once you accomplish a goal or maybe a reward for paying off a big debt or, you know, in my case, I'm at the end of my journey. I'm, um, you know, so now I can add life back into my story. So. Awesome. But, yeah. So you said you're also a speaker and a financial teacher. Do yes. you actually take on clients when you're teaching or do you coach or do you just go to events and teach? 
I mostly go to events and teach, but I, every once in a while I'll get a person who, you know, is relentless <laughs> and then I'll coach them and I, and I will coach, you know, I'll coach them. But for the most part, I prefer going and giving people, um, tips, you know, things that they can do and it depends on your goals or the goal of the conference or the event where I go, you know, and I do a lot of like um, teen enrichment programs. So I go there and I talk to teens and try and help them get their minds wrapped around, you know, different concepts of money. So I'm really good at that too. They apparently love to talk to me. <laughs> their parents, their parents always find it weird. Like, oh my god, I can't believe my kids ask you questions and stuff. <laughs> well, that's good. That's really good because children will rarely. I mean, of course, they'll talk to their parents, but pressing questions, I find they're more comfortable asking someone else. Mm-hmm. And as long as we, that person is in communication with the parents so we can keep the dialogue going. I, I don't find anything wrong with that. Right. So I agree. my next question, because, well, let me backtrack. The purpose of that question is because if the listeners want to reach out, I want them to know what kind of services you offer. So if you're not offering coaching right now, but you heard her say, if you're relentless, <laughs> you be able to get in there. So y'all get in there. If you can help with getting that debt down because what you don't want to have is a whole lot of debt in, right. in this economy. Right. So, I, I do. I have, um, I have some online courses and I do oh. have, and I also have some support, uh, support stuff for parents. So, you know, if you want to know how to help your kids with finances or if you have like kids that are going to college soon, I have like checklists and stuff that parents can use. You just, you can go to my website, uh, mylittlebanker.com and, or you can send me an uh, email at info at mylittlebanker.com. And then you can just, you know, tell me what item you're specifically searching for. Or if you have a question, you know, you had a question that was way too detailed, you know, for a blog or whatever, and you want to know the answer, then I'll, I usually take my emails. I'll sketch out like a whole plan for you and just send it back. Now I'm not going to check on you and make sure you did the work. That's, that's what coaching is. <laughs> so if you want coaching, that's completely different. But if you just need a basic plan or if you have, you know, one issue and you just have a simple question, I'll answer your questions. I'm, I'm a really nice person like that. I'm living in my in my passion and my purpose. So for me, it's about serving as many people as I can serve. And yeah, so I love doing this. We are thankful for that, definitely, because not many people are as giving or as forthcoming with information because of that. So most definitely, we thank you for that. So the book drops on the 15th, which is in a few days. Yes. So that's amazing. And where can where can we get it or where can we pick it up? You can go to thesmellofpoverty.com and or you can go to Amazon is where we're really pushing people to go to purchase. The first day and the first day only, you can get the ebook for 99 cents on um, and Amazon. So if you have, you know, Kindle or Nook or something, you can get the book mm-hmm. for 99 cents on Amazon. 
But if not, then um, any of the authors, all of us are actually selling the books. Like you can get the book right now off my website at mylittlebanker.com or my uh, blog website is rachelsolomon.com. You can get the book there as well. Um, I also have a direct link on there to Amazon if you want to order through Amazon, if you feel better doing that. If you order through any of the authors, we'll sign it for you. Um, that's the only difference between getting it from an author and getting it from Amazon is our signature. Oh, okay. All right. And I actually, I've committed to purchasing books and I'm giving them away, the electronic copies on the 15th as well. Oh, wow. That's amazing. You're going to change some people's lives. (laughs) That is the hope. You You really are. (laughs) If they read it, you're going to change their lives. They better read it. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking time to talk to me about this project. project. I appreciate it greatly. So anytime you have anything going on, please feel free to come back. And um, do you have anything coming up? Where can people see you? Go ahead and, and let us know how we can support you, you know, in your financial teaching, your speaking, um, your next book that's going to come out of the whole story. What oh, you- yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm actually still working on the book of the whole story, but I'm looking at September. So I have um, a illness called sickle cell that um, has been a big part of my total story and uh, September sickle cell awareness month so I think I might release the total story in uh, September Um, other than that like I said you can go to mylittlebanker.com to find out more about me if you just want to read like some some blogs or some videos that I do you can go to rachelsolomon.com and learn um, about all different various topics when it comes to money not just debt but I talk about budgeting because, you know, you got to be able to budget to get out of debt. So I talk about all kind of stuff, uh, tips for teaching your kids about money. All that's on my blog. Um, yeah, this book comes out April 15th, and that's what I'm focused on right now. I do have a speaking engagement in Nashville, Tennessee on um, April the 21st. But that's about being a blogger and a podcaster. Oh, so. Uh, yeah, that's all I have right now. You can keep up with my calendar, though. It's on my website, so. <laughs> awesome. We will do that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Risha. I appreciate you. And listeners, go check her out. She's amazing. Like I said, I've been following her for a couple years, and she is doing big things. You heard 400000 to 40000 in four years. That is my tagline for you. Wow. <laughs> that's what it is. That's gonna, that's probably what I'm going to name this episode. <laughs> so again, I thank you for taking the time to just teach us and tell us about everything you have going on, Rochelle. So good luck with the smell of poverty. Again, I'll be giving away some ebooks and I wish you all the best. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Courageous Coaching Podcast. Feel free to call in with comments and questions anytime. The number is 786-749-TLAK. That's 786-749-8255. Call us and let us know what is on your mind. Until we meet again, be courageous.